a podcast about Disney animated film. I'm your host, Brooke. I'm your other host, Chase. And we're here to talk to you today. Uh, we're going to do a short and a feature. Haven't done one of those combos in a while. With just us, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of fun. We're going to watch, or we did watch. Yeah. The Three Blind Mouseketeers. 1936. Very, very cute. It's a silly symphony. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think it, like, met the silly symphony standard, like, the music was part of the story and the movement? Like I feel like Not that so much. I feel like it only happened in a few scenes. Mm-hmm. Like with the with the with the cup game. Yeah, yeah. They definitely did I, I think I was more reminded of um the wise little hen. Yeah. Um where the foley is good, but it's not like musical the way um some of the others have been. Mm-hmm. But they definitely sing in it. Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> and even like some of the visual gags, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is repeated in the Three Musketeers with Donald Mickey and Goofy with their swords. Well, the thing that they did with their swords that made me laugh is they kind of like threaded them together, and it was like, are they trying to do like a Rat King reference or? Oh, uh... yeah, that's a that was a mistake once that um one time I was te- I was subbing and I ended up teaching kids what a Rat King was. You're going to have to enlighten me, too, though. Okay, so sometimes, like, this happens usually in sewers and stuff like that, where rats get so clustered together for so long that their tails kind of fuse, Mm. and they become one thing. Like, they can't separate because all their tails are one big knot. Oh, wow. I assumed it was just a funny visual gag with their fencing swords. Nope. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure that's just what it was, because they wouldn't do that, but that's what I thought of, because I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Mickey, Donald, and Goofy do the exact same thing in Three Musketeers. Yeah. But to be fair, most of my experience with Three Musketeers comes from Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if I actually sat down and watched the whole movie. It was one that my brother watched as a kid, and it's one that I like because it uses like classical songs as their, mm. as, their, as the music, and so mm-hmm. they do funny things with it. So you nice. Get, you get stuff from ballets. You get the Blue Danube, I think. King of Troll Mountain, I think it's called, is Pete's villain song. Ooh. Um, and then you get stuff from Carmen, and nice. it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. But we're not going to talk about that movie yet. No, we're not. Um, no, we're not. This is a play on the Three Blind Mice and the Three Musketeers. That's it's the first Disney use of Musketeers. It is, um, which you are probably familiar with, um, especially if you're a '90s kid. Um, although the Musketeers were founded much, much earlier. Did, um, did you watch? Did you watch the Mickey Mouse Club revival with all the famous? Did not. Neither did I. I think we're technically a little young. Because I think that was the early, I think that was airing in like the early 90s when we were Right, we were not quite, yeah, we weren't quite old enough to be into the Mouse Club Mm -hmm. then. But we watched the big 90s, Mickey's 90th, which did that whole Mouse Club review, which was really cute, and all the Musketeers. But in this one, this is our very, very first 1936, which is surprisingly early. Um, It's a very Tom and Jerry style short. Yeah. Even though it's... About four years, five years before Tom and Jerry. Our bad guy is Captain Cat, who's setting all these elaborate traps, and they're he all... He looks just like Pete. He sounds just like Pete. <laughs> he he probably is Pete, yeah. but Mickey is not one of the mice. No. 
in any way. He keeps changing his eye patch from side to side. You know, he doesn't need it. He's not blind. <laughs> yeah, he keeps, like, lifting it up to, like, peek through and it, it. And we're pretty sure it switches sides now and then. I noticed at least twice it was like, oh, that was on the other side. Okay. I liked the, like, oh, you know, they, they come out and they avoid, like, this pit and the pendulum style execution mm-hmm. thing outside their mouse mm-hmm. hole. And then they find cheese. They find Swiss cheese and cheesecake. <laughs> Which is so cute. And they cleverly avoid all the traps that they don't know are there because they're blind. They're mm-hmm. just sort of like mm-hmm. fumbling around using their swords as walking so sticks. Mm-hmm. Sight sticks. What's the term for um, sticks? Canes. Canes. Uh, that makes sense. And they get a whole boatload. They, they, they don't just get the cheese. They get the whole charcuterie board <laughs> they with do. the olives and the sausage. And then they get whole sausages and they eat them like hot dogs with mustard on buns. But then they immediately go to pop their champagne, which I feel may be a questionable pairing choice, but I know zero about wine. Yeah, I mean, you generally don't pair... You, you know, you can pair champagne with anything. It's champagne. I'm sure there's people out there who violently disagree with me, but I personally feel like when you put bubbles in wine, you're losing some of the flavor layers. I once was um, having dinner with a very, very, very nice family who does excellent food. Like, amazing. I have loved their meatloaf. Like, they're just a talented family with food, and they like nice alcohol, and so they poured me a glass of wine, and they're like, oh, this is new, we haven't tried it yet, what do you think? And I think I said something about um, the effervescence really takes away from the flavor, and, like, my friend just stared at me, like, really? Yeah, I had to go that hard right now? (laughs) I was like, I forget who I am sometimes, (laughs) and wish I could be someone I'm not. So that's to say, I don't feel like champagne pairs with anything because it's not a pairing kind of wine. Mm. It pairs with celebration. And it pairs with firing corks at things. Yes, it does. When you want to make like a pop gun in a hurry. Yeah, that works. That's what they do and it works. Multiple times. And they chase him out and he falls into all his own traps. All of them. And then he breaks a window and is just dealing with his pain out in the distance in the full moon. Yeah, and the mind singer's on again. Yep. And it's a pretty cute it's little cute. shirt. Yeah. It seems like it's a, a lot for 1936, honestly. Yeah. I felt like. It was longer than I was expecting it to be. Just under 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little on the long end for those early shorts. Mm-hmm. But um, it's Academy Award winning or Academy Award nominated? I don't remember. Because it's on our list of Academy Award winning short films. Is it? Yeah. I think the, I think sure. the, I think that list is just ones that like I wanted to or do, been, and then I oh. think I did mark ones that hmm. yeah, didn't no, have any accreditations. Nope. Never mind. Uh, so for our feature this week, we're watching The Rescuers. Did you ever watch it growing up? Oh, all the t- this is one of the ones I watched on a loop. Oh wow! Um, I told like the other night. I told my mom. She's like, "What are you gonna do this week?" We go watching The Rescuers. She was like, you watched that one all the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, I did that one and Fox and the Hound before I was like cognizant of Disney princesses and yes. what they were. This was one of my favorite films, which thinking about it, yeah, I'm pretty sure Bianca is inside me. Like, I'm really excited because so I did the research for this film mm-hmm. and um, uh, I learned a lot about Bianca and who she is in the books. And I want to be her. And I think that that's why I have this inner rich heiress who describes wine as effervescence taking away from its layered palate. Plus Ava Gabor. Ava Gabor. Love her. Ava Gabor. 
I'm gonna get it right someday. Um, when was the last time you watched it? I watched it just um, sometime last year, actually. It was on Hulu for a while, and mm. so I was like, oh, you know what? I should watch it, see if I remember it at all. I didn't think it was one that I watched a lot, but then when I was watching it again last year, I was like, oh, no. I must have watched this a lot because, like, I had so many of those, oh, this is my childhood moments, especially mm. with that rock, that diamond. Mm. Oh, yeah, the glittering in the yes. eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's like. That's an iconic shot. Yeah. I'm excited because I don't think I've watched it for a while, but this happened to me when I watched Fox and the Hound as an adult, mm-hmm. where I didn't remember what happened, but as it happened, I remembered it. Yeah. Uh, this might be 73? Oh, yeah, because um, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, even though the individual shorts were made in the 60s, it was released in 71. Right. But and one thing I was surprised by when I was watching it again was the 70-ness, 70s-ness of the movie because there was just, I don't know, there's it's just such a unique sound aesthetic that is not my taste at all. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I, like the, the Linda Rondat song, is, I think it is, is like, I could take a leave. Huh, I'm really excited because I don't remember a whole lot. I know Rescuers isn't known for its iconic music. We're in the heart of the Disney Dark Ages, really. Yeah. Like, this is the last film that some of the um, nine old men worked mm-hmm. on. This is kind of the beginning of Don Bluth's, like, career as a leader. Yeah. But we're also missing the Sherman brothers. We're definitely in a transition phase between mm-hmm. the old greats and the Disney Renaissance. Um, but like Glenn Keane, this is one of his first films. Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of those big players that we will see in the Renaissance yeah. got their start on Rescuers. So I'm really excited to see this movie and yeah. watch that it's transition. A, it's a good movie. one. So I'm really excited. Me too. Let's go watch it. Okay. I did too. I really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. It's not as like high energy mm-hmm. as a lot of the other films, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of elements that make it feel like a classic Disney film. Yeah. But it also has a lot of elements that reminiscent of like a Dark Age film. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting how it's this unique sweet spot. Yeah. For the Dark Ages and the Renaissance. The story, like, I was realizing that this would be, like, if it weren't for the talking animals, it would just be a straight horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a pretty, ins- I mean, they were even, they um, were originally pitched as a detective team up. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still mice in that version, because yeah. they're based on the book, which mm-hmm. are the mice. Yeah. But it was, like, way darker and political in the first draft, and Disney actually shelved it. Because it was too political. Wow. <laughs> um, and then it came out of being shelved to be developed by some of the younger animators mm-hmm. and the new guys, um, like Glenn Keane. Mm-hmm. And then when Disney was like, yeah, we're going to go with this one, that's what we got. Yeah, it used to be way darker. <laughs> um, oh, boy. I loved the like the establishing shot, and then they did it in the get in the credits where it, it, it was oil paintings basically Mm -hmm. especially that first one where it's like oil painting background and then boom the sky lights up with lightning yeah like the whole deep south um Mm -hmm. swampland looked like oil painting backgrounds yeah and it was beautiful (laughs) like i love i loved all the backgrounds in it especially the devil's bayou whatever Mm -hmm. it's called is that what it's called yeah, it's called okay. the Devil's Bayou. we just watched it. Yeah, we did. I love, <laughs> I love that my brain doesn't work all the time. 
Yeah, so The Rescuers, based on a book, which was, it was a British book, it was a fine children's book, uh, one of the early reviews was literally like, this was made for Disney. <laughs> so eventually Disney developed it, and it made the book so popular, the author was like, well, this isn't what I normally do, but sure, and wrote eight more. They're now a book series. What I find really interesting is in the first book, so they go to Hungary, which is why Bianca gets tapped for the assignment, because she speaks Hungarian, mm-hmm. and they're going to look for another mouse to save the day, like Bianca and Bernard are not set up to be the heroes they're looking for a hungarian hero mouse and they find one and there's kind of like he's the cool dashing rogue hero and i was like oh so that's like rescuers down under (laughs) when they bring on the australian guy (laughs) so that was cute and funny but other than that like bianca and bernard are very true to their book characters Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool i don't know how much of the plot is actually similar to the books from there because they're not the Rescue Aid Society in the books. So Yeah. Well, and aren't most of the books out of print? Most of the books are out of print. Oh, I forgot the best part of development. So originally, when it was in development, it was called Miss Bianca in the Antarctic. Yes! She was going to save a polar bear who was voiced by Luis Prima, who is, like, the king of jazz. Um, and the reason they shelved it was for two reasons. Um, one, Prima was dying. So mm-hmm. he could not lend his voice to the bear, mm-hmm. um, which kind of stole the whole show. And yeah. two, they found the Antarctic wasn't fun to animate <laughs> or design. Um, wow. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're like, okay, maybe that's not going to work. Um, which I'm like, okay, so that must be how they land on the swamps because way to go, like way more interesting design mm-hmm. um, and have a lot more creative freedom and just the colors in the background. It and... got me real excited for my for my summer trip to Louisiana mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so that's a bit of history on the film. I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. researching this one and I'm definitely yeah. going to try to get my hands on those books. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and you're part of a library that has over a hundred branches. I looked. Oh, <laughs> um, I can. I'll try with the city. I'll try with the LA city system because they have like seven movie branches. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're very old books that are not in print. So, well, the if you've ever been to the Central Library, you know there's lots of old books that have been out of print. When I when I, I I've checked out um, Dorothy Parker poetry collections that were like second printing, mm, so they're from the 30s wow. and 40s. If those book, particular books weren't lost in the fire in the 80s, then they might still be there. Mm, I uh, once stole an out-of-print library book that had survived a fire. <laughs> what? <laughs> I paid for it, but I wanted this book. It was out of print. I looked at how much it would be. It'd be like thousands of dollars for me to own it. So I went to my library and said, hey, if I lost it, what happens? I'm like, well, you have to pay for it. I'm like, how much do I have to pay for it? Yeah, like ten dollars. I was like, I lost it. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So I still have it. The cover is um burnt off a little bit. Um but it was a very good book and I own it now. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, library chat is over for now. <laughs> library confessions on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Here's mine. I will check the city system and see if I can check it check it out for you after I have paid my substantial library fines. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Thank you. 
So oil painting openings, they're lovely. Yeah, we love and, them. and then next thing you know, we're in New York because mm-hmm. um, that's where Penny's little bottle message has washed up. Mm-hmm. And we go to the UN building and we see diplomats from all over the world and in traditional clothing, and they're checking on when their next meetings are going to be. I love the mice with the afros; they're so cute. Yeah, and then their briefcases pop open, and then there are also. My, uh, mice representatives yeah. also coming to having a separate meeting. Oh, the Florida current does run up to New York along the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. I just wondered if her bottle would actually make it from the south to New York, and I guess it would, or could, mm-hmm. theoretically. Yeah, see? Oh, there it is. The Gulf Stream is on a giant map right in front of where we're recording, <laughs> and I felt the need to Google it. Uh. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. And so we see the mice coming out, and they're going into a separate entrance, and they're coming into a room There's because there's a meeting of the Rescue Aid, International Rescue Aid Society getting set up, and then they walk in on this red carpet that's an old tie. Mm-hmm. You made a comment about the, the, the mice. <laughs> yeah, like especially the, the guy, the British, I think he was the British delegate who was leading the meeting. He is a bluth mouse if I have ever seen one. I mean, this whole movie really feels like you're like, okay, this is Rats of Nim. Or the film is called Secret of Nim, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the book is called The Rats mm-hmm. of Nim. But it's very much like you can see this is the beginnings of that film for mm-hmm. Don Bluth. Well, I mean, Don Bluth also did all the Fievel movies, too. Ex- yep, Fievel Goes West as well. Um, um, American Tale. Yes, yes. I never liked those movies. I don't remember them very well. Well, we'll have to watch them, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. They've come up and then they read it off and the my mouse politics must be different mm-hmm. because there was a representative from Austria mm-hmm. and there was a separate representative from the other side of the room from Vienna. So I want to know what that was about, what that's about. Yeah, I don't it know. Has to, it, like, did the animators just not know their geography? I doubt that's the case. <laughs> like, I imagine a lot of it came down to like what kind of cultures they wanted to design and draw. And they wanted to do two Austrians. I don't, I don't know. And then they had one German. There was only one Germany. There was no East and West Germany. Nope. And this is 1973. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, also this is made in America. Yeah, so. West Germany is the only Germany. Yeah. <laughs> the satellite states of the USSR were present. So we had Latvia. We had... Uh, Latvia was the only one I noticed. Um, I know I saw a different one. And so there might have been a Bulgaria. Yeah. And then, of course, we have our Hungarian delegate, mm-hmm. Bianca. Who walks in late, um, but no one seems to mind. She's the, she's also the only woman in the room. She's not the only woman oh, in yeah, the room. Oh, yeah, that's right. The German delegate, but she's old and not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, right. Um, there was an African woman delegate. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I don't Afro. know which country. <laughs> but there, yeah, there were a couple of women, um, mm-hmm. and there were a couple of women giving the men side eyes as Bianca walked in. Yeah. And one of them... Carefully helps her into her chair yeah. and just um, Bianca has goals. Of course, she is voiced by Ava Gabor. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that her face kind of looked like Duchess's, which made me think that she was designed, you know, her design mm-hmm. elements based on Ava Gabor. And so we looked it up and, like, you kind of see it like thin chin. Yeah. And the, like, did the Gabors, like, invent wearing big garish eyelashes <laughs> <laughs> might have they might have um because bianca and duchess both have them 
Both have insane lashes. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, it's 1973. What is the feminine ideal? Big. Um, big eyelashes. Big eyelashes. And dainty chin, but the bright People cheeks. wearing falsies top and bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the modern sense of falsies, not the uh, that back then <laughs> sense of falsies. Correct. Fake eyelashes. Fake eyelashes. <laughs> I once mentioned, I was standing in the kitchen with my mom and dad, and I was like, I just mentioned falsies. I don't know why. And my dad had to do, like, this double take of, like, what? What? Oh. Yeah, and I I did the same thing. Like, I, I posted a selfie where, like, I was experimenting with, with false eyelashes for the first time. And so I posted it. I was like, hey, it worked out okay. And my great aunt, who was in her late 70s, early 80s, was like, oh, like, she commented later. She's like, it took me a second <laughs> to realize that you were talking about the lashes because that's not what it meant in my day. <laughs> for those of you youngins, falsies originally meant, like, implants in your boobs or like you know patting your bra because there are some pretty great hollywood stories of mistresses going up to wives or like vice versa and just reaching in and pulling out falsies (laughs) in front of everybody and so they're like okay there's this little girl and we've got Bernard, and he's like the janitor maintenance guy. Mm-hmm. And he's voiced by Bob Newhart, who apparently he had a pretty long career, especially in TV. But our listeners might know him best as Papa Elf from the movie Elf. Uh, yep. Christmas movies. Yep. They exist. <laughs> Elf is one of them. <laughs> Elf, is one of, Elf is one of them, and it is not Christmas time. Right now. No, it's not. I have a distaste for Christmas films. Me too. Like, Including Elf. A lot of them are not good. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like films that make me feel like holiday cheer. Like, just let me enjoy. I don't know. I get why people like them. I get that people enjoy them. Home Alone's not a good movie. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It's not a good movie. Ooh, I actually, well, so I love heist movies and trap movies, and so Home Alone, like, fills a specific niche in my soul, but I guess we'll just have to watch that at Christmas. (laughs) I would not call Home Alone, like, I get that it's a Christmas film, I would not call Home Alone a Christmas film, Mm -hmm. in the same way that Frozen is not a Christmas film. Yeah. Takes place in the summer. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. How many episodes can we go without complaining about Frozen? (laughs) (laughs) It has been zero days since our last incident. I did it yesterday, too. (laughs) (laughs) And so Bernard comes in and he's, like, he brings in a comb to use as a ladder to, like, get the note out of the bottle. Mm -hmm. But it has 13 rungs on it. Tines on it? Yeah. I don't know what you call it, the comb, but it's steps. Yeah. Our, our, our Bernard is very superstitious. Very superstitious. And very cautious. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm surprised they didn't put him in, like, horn-rimmed glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it would have fit well with his design. But you couldn't have horn-rimmed glasses and then be your handy-dandy janitor. Janitor. Yeah, exactly. So he gets the note out. It's damaged from water. Mm-hmm. He's he's stuck in the bottle, actually, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And so our leader dude and Bianca are reading it out. And Bianca's like, I'm going to go. I'll go get her. And then they're like, oh, wow, okay, we've got a new woman here. Who wants to go with her? And all the all the men in the room, like, are just shooting up, like, mm-hmm. I'll go with you, Miss Bianca. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, hey, Bernard. Yeah. And Bernard's like, what? Huh? What's going on? I'm not, you know, like, 
But this is like after, so like Bernard is like, oh no, I don't think Miss Bianca should go. It's going to be too dangerous. She's like, okay, you come with me then. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Bianca does not, one, she does not take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Two, she like doesn't take anybody's garbage. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Which is funny because so in the book, she's the pet mouse mm-hmm. of the son of the ambassador of Hungary. Huh. Um, which is why she's able to go to Hungary and to the meetings so easily, which, so that's kind of funny that they make the UN mouse thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's clearly pulled from Bianca's backstory. Yeah. Um, but so she's just this pampered little mouse and she's not even afraid of cats. <laughs> so they're they're go they're so they try to figure out like, well we know what orphanage this little girl mm-hmm. who needs help is mm-hmm. coming from, so let's start there. Mm-hmm. It's raining. I love I loved the rainy New York background. Gorgeous. Here. And it's okay, uh well it's three blocks this way and four blocks the other way. And she's like, why don't we just cut through the zoo? And that does not go well. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to talk about the lion tapestry in the Rescue Aid Society. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. Yeah, and their founder, Euripides. Like, it's clearly the, um, like, the Aesop fable. Mm Mm-hmm. Where the lion Mm -hmm. and the mouse, Mm -hmm. the mouse takes the thorn out of the lion's paw. And, like, I just love the tapestry design and the Mm -hmm. way it's hanging in the back. It was very sweet. Rescue Aid Society founded for something AD, I think it was. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I love the Rescue Aid Society song. Yeah. Like, we were singing it. We were singing it. (laughs) I just love the Rescue Aid Society. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, and I like the idea of, like, that's something that meets in the UN UN building. Like, maybe there's a mouse UN there, too. But you've got, like, you've got your straight-up humanitarians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, so this is really cute. In the books, they're the Prisoner Aid Society. And their job is not to, like, rescue people or break them out of prison. Mm -hmm. They just comfort prisoners. Oh! Like, I was like, that's the cutest thing! Well, and there was a, like, that made me think of, there was a fund recently to, like, pay the bail of women who mm-hmm. were in jail to get them out for Mother's Day mm. to see their kids. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the Jenners, Charlie Jenner, mm-hmm. is doing a whole thing where she's helping prisoners get lawyers to get out of jail. Oh, that's Kim. That's is Kim. it Kim? It's Kim Kardashian. Oh, it is? And she's in law school, my dude. Jeez, yeah, that's no, wild. No, she's been... Funding stuff. She wants to be a criminal justice lawyer herself. Wow. I don't tune into pop culture often. Yeah, like... I caught that snippet. I'm glad that, like, they're, that she's doing something good with her money. Yeah. And her, and her acclaim. Like, good good, good for him. Yeah, if I had the money to go to law school, I, I might. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If I had the money to go back to grad school, I would. And then I'd just be a very rich public servant. <laughs> <laughs> Independently wealthy public servant. Isn't... Not all of them. Yeah. No, you, you can't, there's no such thing as a, as a, somebody who got rich in doing public service. Well, I mean, depends on the city, because there are some cities where you can make a lot of money. It depends on your position. That's true. That's true. I, yeah, I've seen, like, how much, how much, like, chiefs of police and stuff get paid, like, even, mm. even, in, even in the suburbs. Dang, I went into the wrong profession. It is, yeah, it is a, pr- if you get into the right, po- right position in a city government, you can make it easy. That's a, that's a cool six figures right there. Nice. Well, these mice work for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously there's not much of a budget because <laughs> it's just the two of them going in to rescue somebody. Mm-hmm. And so they get to the orphanage. They have a cute little run-in with a lion. Nothing really happens. It's just cute. Yeah. yeah. And so they get to the orphanage and they meet a cat 
named Rufus. He's love an old, Rufus. He's an old mouser who doesn't who's too old to mouse. <laughs> and so they're like, "What's going on with Penny?" And so he tells them what's going on with Penny. She went missing. She went missing. The police gave up weeks ago. She's a good girl who just wants to get adopted. Yep. They have that cute little poem about faith. Yeah. Oh, that's what I would do if I had money. I'd be a foster mom. Mmm. Yeah. Have you seen Shazam? Not yet. My parents saw it. Oh, we need to go see Shazam. I know. I've been begging my parents to go see Shazam with me, and they're like, nah, no, my parents went, dumb. My parents went and saw it, and they invited me, but I'm like, it's your date night. Don't mm. invite me to third wheel you. <laughs> That's fair. I have no problem third wheeling with my parents. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> normally I don't, but, like, it's it's their regular date night. <laughs> I third wheel my parents so often. The other day, my parents were gonna have a date night, and my mom was afraid to tell me <laughs> because she didn't want me to feel left out. Well, see, and that's not, I'm not quite that way with my parents yet because they, you know, I still have one teenage brother at home. Mm. He, he's old enough to take care of himself, but, like, at the same time, they're like, can you make sure he eats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they go to the orphanage, they're investigating, they find her box, and mm-hmm. then... Rufus tells them everything and... Mentions, like, she wouldn't go with those trashy people. people. who were trying to give her a ride. But they're like, well, we'll investigate it anyway. So let's go to the pawn shop. My favorite little detail at the pawn shop was the NRA button on the... <gasps> I didn't see that! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was too focused on that um, roll-top desk. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, I love a good roll-top desk. My grandparents sold one. Like, I would have bought it from them, but, mm. like, we, we didn't have... We weren't able to, like, take it home, and there's mm-hmm. no place in my room to put mm-hmm. it. All that storage! Yeah. <sighs> They're nice. I would love to clutter that thing up. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I would love one of those. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of secret compartments. Yes. Place for everything, like... I've got papers everywhere because I don't have a good setup for that on my desk yet. I don't have a desk. Your room is a desk. I have a desk. One, my room is not a disaster. I clean my room. What? Yeah, it's now half a disaster. <laughs> I cleaned it became a disaster again very quickly. Problem is I just don't like doing laundry. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I have a desk. It's a portable desk. Oh, man. Oh, it's the one you bring to DD? Uh, yeah, I bring a DD. Oh my gosh, like, no, that's like, that, that's like a TV tray. <laughs> it's a desk. It extends. It has a cup holder. I guess it's a TV tray. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really great for doing work, like, portable, and it's great for having yeah. that extra space I need for D&D when I'm like, I just need to put this book somewhere. Yeah. And then we meet Medusa. Not a Medusa. Okay, so, rumor, I don't know if this is fact, because... I couldn't get a good source on it. Yeah. But we talked about how she is kind of Cruella de Vili, right? Yeah. We talked about her rescuers. We talked about it in Hunter Dalmatians. Yeah. Um, and we talked about it in Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Because Brie talked about it with us. But how rescuers was supposed to be... Or was originally conceived as a sequel to 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, we don't want to do a sequel. We've never done a sequel before. Mm-hmm. And so Medusa has a lot of Cruella de Vil elements to mm-hmm. her. Rumor, possible mm-hmm. fact, she's based on Milk Call's wife. <gasps> and Milk Call himself specifically designed her and obsessed over the detail of her and insisted on her being 100% his control accurate as possible. So that's a fun little bit of Disney oh, gossip boy. for you. Oh, man. <laughs> Because I remember, like, the one that, like, it was supposed to be Cruella de Vil originally. Yeah, we had talked about that. And there's certainly a lot of elements to her that 
feel very Cruella DeVille. And so I bet her character design stemmed a lot from Cruella DeVille and her personality probably yeah. stemmed a lot from Cruella DeVille. I just Googled Milk Call Wife and like, <laughs> and, like and some of the top images are um, are Medusa. It's hard to tell from this yeah. picture from when they were young. Yeah, it's She does have kind of big teeth. But I was like, as we were watching, the way that she's animated, like one, she's animated amazingly well. Because it's all milk hall. Yeah. But too, like, she moves in a very realistic way. And, like, she has a lot of, like, weight and structure to her that's like, okay, this is, like, designed after a real person. The way that, like, some of the old character designs were. Yeah. Um, It was really cool to see. Yeah. And her look is just... Mm. A look, TM. She's also so clearly not wearing a bra. So she's got this short orange hair. Like, if you right now dyed your hair orange... You might have the hair. She's got more hair than I do. It's like to here. She's got the, uh, I'll call the manager hair. Like like an early version of that. Yeah. And then she's got her red, red lipstick and that Mm -hmm. orange, orange hair. Mm -hmm. And then falsies on top and bottom, Mm -hmm. lashes, and just like, and this blue-purple eyeshadow Mm -hmm. all the way around. Gave herself a nice shiner Mm -hmm. look. And then just that red dress with no back and such a low thing and no bra and then she puts on her like fur coat that looks like it should be just be a robe and it's an it's an entire and those big earrings it's an entire look that I would love to try (laughs) (laughs) well good luck thanks (laughs) um it's certainly a look Um, it's not it's not one that I could pull off but I want it but it'd be fun to try just she doesn't pull it off either (laughs) (laughs) she's got a very interesting Mm -hmm. villain introduction too yeah. Um, she's definitely got that, like, classic silhouetted because she yeah. comes into a dark room from mm-hmm. a well-lit room and then she just picks up the phone and is, like, screaming into it. Yeah. At Mr. Snoops, who was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Snoops is funny. <laughs> just a bumbling little assistant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not a nice man. No. And I love his curly hair. <laughs> They're very much... The opposite of Bianca and Bernard. Yes. Like, Bianca is your classy, desirable, high-class lady who's just nice and kind and cares Mm -hmm. about everybody. Mm -hmm. And Bernard is, like, handy, reliable, dependent, but a big worrier. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Snoops is like, I don't worry about anything. Mm -hmm. And, like, very Mm self-interested and still kind of dumb. And then Medusa is... Trash. Trash. <laughs> trash. Garbage person. <laughs> when we saw the play, um, there's the daughter of Aphrodite mm-hmm. who sings her little song. In the original cast recording, she says, um, when I bring home a guy, she's there in her 90. It's so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And she steals all mascara on all of my dates. Um, is her complaint being up. In the show last, or on Saturday night, she says, um, when I bring home a guy, she's there in her 90. She's such garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering, right? <laughs> it was. It was a nice little touch. There were a few little lines that were like different from the original cast recording. That's always like, fun. Oh. Those are good. Medusa's garbage. Yeah. And so she says, okay, you're having trouble with the girl, Mr. Snoops. I'm going to come down to Devil's Bayou and get mm-hmm. you myself. And so they try going in her suitcase, but she's such an insane driver that she does not have a suitcase well, anymore. That whole suitcase, like the mice getting into the suitcase, yeah. has honestly like, always been one of my favorite pieces of animation. Yeah. 
just like the texture of everything that they run into. Yeah, it's and good. And like the bouncing, and I think like just that whole desk scene, even yeah. with Bernard's tail mm-hmm. in the book. And I just always loved that bit of animation mm-hmm. since I was a kid. And I don't like, I don't know why I liked it as a kid, but like as an adult, like it has that same like yeah. Yeah. good animation. Yeah, and it's so interesting because like there were some sort of per- like kind of production things that like, oh yeah, this is Dark Age, but the details were still so good, so it was still just, like... Mm-hmm. That's why, like, that's why the Dark Age is still classic Disney, because there's still such good attention oh. to detail. For now, I... For now, I, I mean, when we get, when we get to, like... I think after this film, it's gonna take a turn. Well, I guess not. I only have seven features left before the Renaissance. <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's a mixed bag, I guess. Yeah. And so they go to the airport to go to Devil's Bayou, and Bernard is worried that he's gonna miss the flight, but turns out the flight is late, and then... <laughs> There's just so many instances of 13 that are really messing him up. Yeah. And in comes our, our pilot, an albatross named Orville. Orville. Such a clever little name for a pilot. Yes. And he can't land. <laughs> and he has a hard time taking off, too. Yep. Because I guess albatrosses are awkward. I, I guess they do. That's just how albatross be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle that they can fly. They're like, yeah. that's the one we should be talking about, not the bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they do eventually take off. Mm-hmm. And it's like a roller coaster. And Bianca is extremely into it. And Bernard is extremely not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's me on flights. I am Bianca. I love turbulence. It's so thrilling. Oh, I get so... Like, I don't... I like taking off and landing, but turbulence in flight just... Best flight <sighs> of my life. We flew through a thunderstorm. It was so turbulent. There was lightning flashing all outside the window. I was thrilled. No, I am... Ex- I... No. <laughs> No, like, I know I'm probably not going to die on a plane, but every time it happens, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to die on this plane. Uh, You might die on a plane. I might die on a plane, but, like, I'm more likely to die in a car. You're more likely to die doing literally anything that you do on a regular basis. That's true. I love Um, Bianca. And we'll be okay. And and then in the middle of the flight, like Bernard is reading up on Devil's Bayou, like mm-hmm. doing all his reconnaissance mm-hmm. stuff, and, and how to, dangerous it is. And he's trying to tell Bianca like the things that he's reading, and she's like, "No, I'm sleepy." And so she leans on him. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, and like when they're ge- gearing up to take off, she like kisses him on the cheek and say, "It's gonna be fine." She won't buckle her seatbelt all the way because it'll wrinkle her dress. Yeah. <laughs> This is actually one part I don't like Mm -hmm. the song while they're flying. I'm not into it. It's so early 70s and it's like not memorable and it's just like... It's not catchy. It's just like... Something about rain. Yeah, it's that early 70s kind of folk pop that has not lasted for a good reason. (laughs) But it is like their romantic song, I guess. And it's very much the theme of the movie, like, tomorrow is another day, yeah. and, like, keep having faith and yeah. help and all those things. And Bernard puts his arm around her. Mm-hmm. In the original draft, they were married, but then they're like, no, it's more romantic if they're not married, yeah. and th- agree, hard agree. Yeah. No, they gotta <laughs> fall in love first. Well, I just, do you remember how Down Under begins? Yes. I can't wait. Oh, I just so keep thinking excited. about it. And we're gonna be such dorks about it, and my brother's gonna be like, yeah, whatever. Because my brother's watching it with us. I'm so excited. And actually, I was talking to another of my brothers, and he's like, if there's something, like, I read him the list of, like, our watchover movies that we mm-hmm. haven't done yet, and he's like, I'll think about it. Nice. 
So I'm excited for that. <laughs> That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So they eventually, well, yeah. they get to the bayou and yeah. they are stopped by um, anti-aircraft missiles. <laughs> yeah, because we this is where we meet Mr. Snoops for real, mm-hmm. and he's putting off fireworks to help find Penny. To help find Penny, and they almost hit Orville. Mm-hmm. We meet the cast of Southern characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we start out with Luke and was it LMA? I think it's LMA. Is there a more Southern woman name? Nope, it must be LMA. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute cast of little southern critters. Yeah. Sweet little Kate. Especially Evan Rude. I love Evan Rude. Yeah, our little Cajun clutch. And Luke is, this, the voice of Luke, I think, is the same voice as, uh, like, Napoleon or and or Lafayette from Aristocats. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of um, Nutsy a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the same voice. Okay. Luke runs on moonshine. He does. I think that today was the first time I realized it was moonshine. Yeah, me too. I, th- I just thought it was spicy, I think, when I was a kid. I don't know what I thought it was. Like, maybe I thought it was medicine. Mm. I don't know what I thought it was. It was just like, well, they drink it and it's crazy. Because <laughs> uh, they breathe fire after, which, like, now I understand. But then I just was like, it must be spicy. Yeah. So they're going up to the boat to kind of find Penny and she's run away. Mm-hmm. And Medusa comes and she sticks her pet gators on him, Nero and Brutus. Mm-hmm. And she's out there driving her little, it's not a fan boat. No, they call it a swamp mobile. That works. But the gators are the ones who catch Penny mm-hmm. and bring her back. And so Bernard and Bianca mm-hmm. go to find her. And this is where we learn that she's looking for an enormous diamond. The devil's eye. The devil's eye. And they found tons of other great treasure, but she doesn't want that. She wants the devil's eye. Yeah. And Bianca's like, oh, oh, we're dealing with a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just watching Penny be brought in with like a gator holding her by her, like the suspenders of her dress. I'm like, oh, this girl's going to be in therapy forever. Probably. I mean... And this is when I started keeping a tally of things that you could charge Medusa and Mr. Snoops with. Ooh, a good tally. Kidnapping, child neglect, child abuse, child endangerment, possibly something involving taking kidnapped children across state lines. I don't know. I think that just makes it a federal crime instead of a state crime. Yeah. And if Penny is not the first child that they've done this with, you've also got some, you've also got additional cases of all the other ones, plus maybe some second degree murder. I will say, I think it's, she's the only one because her box was the only one in that orphanage. Yeah. And we kind of assume that it's more that Penny was local was why they grabbed her. Yeah. Not like they hunt the country for orphans. Yeah. Well, because her pawn shop is in New York. And, right. Right. But like, we don't know for sure. No, but we don't have like yeah skeletons of children. No, we don't. In the under in the water. Yeah, yeah. But and then there's also attempted murder, but we'll get there later. So that's a that's a lot of crime. Yeah, a lot of crime. A lot of crime, and that is nothing compared to what will happen when they meet God. <laughs> <laughs> These are bad people. They are pretty bad in terms of bad villains. This is pretty bad. We're kind of in agreement that Cinderella's stepmother was one of our worst villains, right? Yeah, yeah I still think the stepmother is more evil than Medusa. Yeah. Because Medusa's just greedy. Yeah. But Maleficent did curse a baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's Yeah, it is. We overhear the plan, and then Bernard and Bianca are getting into the house. They're you know, the boat house thing. They're mm-hmm. trying to find Penny. But then the gators spot them. Mm-hmm. And so they try to hide in the pipe organ. 
And which is I one love of my, that scene. It's such a good scene. It's such a good. We're thing. ridiculously intelligent gators. Yeah, uh. they're they're playing extremely well. They know to pl- <laughs> hit the keys to get the air to go through the pipes, and it'll pipe, and then it'll force them out. And it sounds like a nice song. It's not just keyboard mashing. Yeah. Speaking of, is this our first? Um, oh, I was gonna say this is our first animal sidekick for a villain, but we have the Raven from Maleficent yeah. and like Lucifer. Yeah. But that's just, they really reminded me of Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I've been reminded of that Me too. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Or, um, ha- we haven't had, we, we, we're not going to have anybody in the mold of Iago until Iago. <laughs> Does LeFou come before Iago? Yeah. Yeah, I just think barely. Mm-hmm. But he's not an animal. No, he's not an animal, but in terms of villain sidekicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good bit. And then eventually Medusa's annoyed by it and comes out with her gun. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still thinking like sassy villain sidekicks. They're very, they're a very recent phenomenon. They are. And Lufu wasn't sassy in in a, in the same way as Iago. No, at not, not at even all. a little bit. Not at all. So Medusa comes out and she's like, "Okay, stop it!" And then Penny comes down. She's they they she does have one change of clothes, which was which was what was making me concerned on the neglect factor. It was like, well, and even that if she only has a nightgown and then her one blouse and dress and tights mm-hmm. and then they're sending her into a bayou mm-hmm. ditch mm-hmm. every day that's not healthy no. and so she's like well i'm gonna make this kid like me and so she comes down and penny's like it you know they're ta- they they talk about getting the diamond that would make out medusa happy and mm-hmm. she's taking off her makeup mm-hmm. like including like oh the peeling off the the lashes that's such a good feeling at the end of the day. Oh, I hate that part. I hate that so much. It hurts. <laughs> oh, then I'm not... I don't know. Maybe I don't do it right. <laughs> maybe my glue is just mm-hmm. too strong. Yeah, maybe I'm not using... But I actually... I just got my mom magnetic lashes for Mother's Day because she wanted to try them. Mm-hmm. That's the other... Like, what I did, I just went to Ulta and said, okay, what has mom talked about wanting to try? <laughs> and so I got her a perfume that she'll probably let me borrow. And then I got lashes that she'll probably let me borrow. Aww. And I try not to be like that, but she, those are the things that she ended, that she mentioned wanting to try. And yeah. I want to try those things too. I got my mom Mickey Mouse coasters. Oh, that's cute. She really likes them. They're not coasters. They're um, silicone pads um, for hot plates. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love They're the, really cute. I love the Mickey Mouse kitchen stuff. She likes the... Um, kind of beige, black, mm-hmm. and white design where yeah. it's like all spiraled. She doesn't like red or yeah. anything that looks like classic Mickey, but she yeah. likes things that look yeah. elegant and happen to be Mickey. Yeah, classic cl- yeah, classic Mickey wouldn't go very well in your kitchen. Actually, I can see it going really well in our new kitchen because mm-hmm. everything in there is white and black, and I could see like yeah, that true. Mickey red mm-hmm. pop being really cute. Yeah. My mom would hate it. Yeah. She's not into color right yeah. now. Yeah, and I love I loved the firework effects too. Yeah, you they mentioned look, this was the first time we'd seen fireworks. They, I they look like real fireworks. Yeah, yeah, they looked really good. Yeah, and so Penny's, you know, she's like, okay, you know, we're gonna put you down the hole again. I really want you to find that. That would make me so happy. And she's like, and then you'll take me back to the orphanage so I can get adopted, right? And she's like, who would want you? Yeah. <laughs> Which. Uh, uh, Bernard and Bianca are going to save her. Yeah, and so they get her adopted. Um, This might be the last time we see bedtime prayers. Yeah, they, she does have she does do bedtime prayers, and then immediately after Amen, she, there she, 
they come in and like, hey, we're here to save you. Just yeah. like in your prayer. Yeah. It's really cute. They send even Rune Guy get help, but he gets delayed mm-hmm. by some bats. Yeah. Um, so Penny still has to go to the hole in the morning. Mm-hmm. Where they find the diamonds. Yep. They go into the big scary water hole and oh, that shot of the diamond inside the skull. That's a beautiful, beautiful piece of animation. And like like the fireworks were good, the light reflecting mm-hmm. off this diamond. Also All the times good. they did it, it was incredible. So they're trying to get it out. It's stuck in the skull. The, the tide is coming in. It is horrifying. It's mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. And my maternal instincts are going insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they, they, she, Penny uses a, she crosses the hole, which is very nerve-wracking because she could have fallen in and died. And mm-hmm. she uses a sword to pry the thing open and the skull open yeah that's the word for it that's the (laughs) word for the thing so they pull her up and they don't even get her out of the bucket before they're freaking out about splitting the the money or splitting the diamond and Mm -hmm. look i have it and i i loved the bit where this is just i haven't gotten a good chance to see it yet and then medusa just like flashes it over like for a second Mm -hmm. it was that's such a good gag it is uh, lightens the moment just a little bit <laughs> and then Penny gets out before she falls back into the hole because they've forgotten about her mm-hmm. and then Medusa's like well this is mine now everybody back in the back in the boat yep when um, she's ready to kill them both yep she holds them at gunpoint as she tries to make off with the diamond mm-hmm. she's cleverly hidden inside Penny's teddy bear who looks like Pooh Bear who looks just like Pooh Bear um Snoops even calls him a silly bear point which I thought was I thought cute. it was I thought he said simple bear oh I thought he said silly I don't know one of us uh, is right yeah either way silly was silly is probably better yeah silly either way bear. it was definitely yeah. a Pooh reference he may have done both actually he may have solved silly bear and simple bear yeah at different times so there's there's our attempted murder mm-hmm she actually fires the gun at Penny when Penny's trying to escape yeah. in the swampmobile yeah so at the very least, you know, it's either attempted murder or assault with a deadly weapon. And the southern crew comes in to help. Yep. And there's like a, there's a rabbit and then there's like an owl vicar. Mm-hmm. And like a turtle who, and a gopher. And the and the turtle is, apparently was in uh, the, the, the rebel army back yep. in the day. That's what, at least according to his cap, by the way. Um, if you if you deal if you display Confederate memorabilia in your home, or like on a flagpole or on the bumper sticker of your car, guess what? You're a traitor. If not against America, then against humankind. The rabbit, the turtle, the owl, and the mole are all inexplicably the same size as the mice. Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. they are. <laughs> like the, the rabbit's a little bit taller. I just thought it was interesting. They went through so much effort to have the humans be size to the mice and then yeah. the other animals yeah. weren't. <laughs> and that was one thing where I was like kind of dark age with them because they were so lightly colored in pencil mm. and sometimes it looks like they were done into the background almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely like the minor, like the great character design, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The background animation, lesser character mm-hmm. designs are not yeah. as uh, stark or memorable Yeah, as a lot of classic well, and, um I remember the moment where you got even rude coming in through the through the chimney, and he's covered in soot, mm-hmm. and he's too tired to do anything, mm-hmm. and so they give him some moonshine, mm-hmm. and he shakes off all the soot. <laughs> Very good moment. Yeah, like that. That's one that stuck with me too. And uh, so they go onto the boat, and they trip up Medusa as she's trying to leave, and mm-hmm. they trap the gators in a cage. Mm-hmm. 
and they help Penny get into the swampmobile to get away. She gets away. She does. Medusa ends up like water skiing briefly. Yeah. Using her alligators, which is very funny. Yeah. It's a yeah, it was a very good gag. And they've lit all the fireworks to sink the boat. And um Mr. Snoops thinks he's gotten away, but he has like no clothes left. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we never see him again though. He just sort we, of escapes. Yeah, we neither see clothes. either of them again. Well she we see her, she's like stuck on the boat mm-hmm. and the gators are snapping at her. Oh yes. Yeah, so um it's a very scar like and Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't see her in Rescuers Down Under, nope. so... Well, that's on the other side of the world. That's true. It's Down Under. <laughs> Next thing we know, we're back at the Rescue Aid Society. Um, they're watching a TV news report that the Devil's Eye has been donated to the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And that Penny has been adopted! Yay! And they interview her. And it's so cute, because she's like, I didn't do it by myself. I had mice. They can talk just like normal people. Hi, Bernard. Hi, Bianca. Like, you know, just the way that a little kid would. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very cute. Very cute. And the horror reporter's like, okay. Which is like, that's what kids do, my friend. He looked a lot more, like, he wanted to believe her, though. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like an, okay, sweet child, like, you say whatever yeah. you want. But it was like a, really, I've never thought of this before. Yeah, so, like, they did it pretty well. <laughs> it was but, cute. Yeah, and then Bernard and Bianca's like, and then Bianca's like, she brought us together, didn't she? And she kisses him on the cheek again, so yeah. they're, they're, they're a thing, and it's cute, and it looks like he's a full member of the society now. Yeah, it was very, very cute. Apparently in the book, they go their own separate way at the end. Because they choose their careers over each other. How mid-century is that? <laughs> it's like 1950-60-ish. It came in the 1960s. It is, it is ahead of its time then. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but they're so cute. They are very cute like, together. Like, they don't, they don't, like, I've been re-watching the X-Files, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, they're, they're not, they don't fit like a Mulder Scully mold at all with who the characters are, what their relationship is like. But like I just got I I got like a Mulder Scully um feeling. They're romantic co-workers. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why anybody would think that Mulder and Scully have not been in love since episode one. <laughs> they're on and off. And you can tell when they're on and when they're off. But if the creator of the show doesn't see it, then I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, they just had a baby together platonically. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I know people who have babies together platonically, but it's fine. Not, not Mulder. <laughs> okay. I'll believe you. Um, um. <laughs> and with that, I think the only thing, the only note I have, um, the song, um, when Penny is... Oh, like the... Praying? Or crying? Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, it's might be in my top ten all Disney songs. I can't even remember it. I'm sorry. Um, but, like I, I, like, I remember the mood of it, though. It's the Be Brave Little One. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh-huh. one's sweet. And it is in that, that 70s style. It but is. like, But, no, like, it's just paired very well with that moment. Yeah. I really, really like that one. Mm-hmm. And so I liked it. Yeah. I like, and I, I, I liked it more than I did when I watched it last year. But I think last year I just... I, you know, I didn't remember it at all, so I didn't know what to expect. I was mm. expecting, like, a full Dark Age thing, and I don't know. 
I mean, to be fair, we haven't hit a film yet where we're like, yep, this is the Disney Dark Ages. Yeah, because like... And we're well into it. Yeah, like we keep seeing like, no, there's so much good stuff here. Yeah. And like, even and, when we look ahead, we're like, no, nah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff coming up. Like, yeah. Well, and it's just like, I think that also just speaks to the fallacy of basing the eras, the early era, the, the 20th century eras based solely on whether Walt was alive and involved or not. Yeah, and I mean, like, even if we look at it... Like, it was a, it was a slump. Like, it, the Renaissance, calling it... calling Financially, the, Re- the Dark Ages were a slump. Yeah, and, like, calling the Renaissance the Renaissance is absolutely fair. Yeah. But we can't write off the movies that came right before it. No, but it's a Renaissance in a lot of ways, which we can talk more about when we get there. When we get but there. there's a lot more ways than just, like, the movies are better. Yeah. It's a very, very different kind of Renaissance, Yeah, I think. the movies aren't bad. The Dark Age movies, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've run into a bad... I mean, like, I'm still not a super big fan of Jungle Book. Yeah, like, me neither, but, like, it's it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I think this is the only one, though. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy Hunter on Dalmatians. Yeah. What else have we watched? Robin Hood, Aristocats. <laughs> Love Robin Hood. Love, Love Robin Aristocats. Hood. Love Aristocats. Yeah. Um, Mary Poppins. No, what was around for Mary Poppins? Huh? It's not Dark Age. E- oh, you're right, it's not. We talk about how Sword in the Stone, which is Silver Age, is, like, not nearly yeah. as good <laughs> yeah. as some of these uh, yeah. Dark Age films. Yeah. So. Oh, Hunter One Animations isn't even Dark Age. I misspoke. Yeah. So, right now, our least favorite Disney films probably would start at Victory Through Air Power. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you put Sword in the Stone next? Yes. I don't know if I would. Because, well, there's all those, like... Fun and Fancy Free and Melody Time. Well, like, I don't even Ichabod. count those. Like, what if we do the ones that are just, like, just, like... <laughs> Proper classics? Yeah, like, no, just just ones that are features. Like, features, a- not actual, short collections. Actual features, yeah. Okay, all right. So that would exclude Ichabod and Toad. Yeah. Um, then least favorite... Are we? Ex- I guess we'd exclude Fantasia as well. Yeah. Not that that's close to my least favorite. Not at all. Um, then Victory Through Air Power, which isn't even really a yeah, feature. Like, no, it's a like, full it, narrative. Like it's, it's not, not. It's not. It's not like it's not a Disney movie for the purposes of this discussion. That's fair. Um, then I guess Sword in the Stone is probably my least favorite so far. Yeah, it's probably Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, are my bottom two right now. Yeah, I think so as well. But even then, like, it's, well, oh, God, oh, well, I wish yeah, I didn't we, love we forgot Peter about Pan how much so you don't much. like Peter Pan anymore. I don't love Peter Pan, but I hate Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, uh, and I wish it were, like, my frozen love-hate relationship. Yeah. I can live with that love-hate relationship. I can't live with this one. Yeah, you don't even it's use me you don't even use your notebook anymore. I did, st- I used it um, when I was doing the last episode to take notes while I was editing. Because mm-hmm. I do that. But I haven't used it to take notes on a film yet. Because it's Peter Pan? It's Peter Pan. Like, I don't have enough notebooks. Like, I just take a different notebook. Yeah. But I bought it for the podcast. I'm not using yeah. it for the podcast. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, what are we doing next week? Actually, before we jump in next week, we want some inside scoop on Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we were going to put this into a mini-sode, but then I got real sick. I got sick, too. So it turned out that literally, like, I texted Brooke and was like, hey, are you feeling well enough to record? And Brooke was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, okay. And then six hours later, I was in bed with a fever. So we were both not well enough yeah, to record. Yeah, and then we were going to do one, but we ended up just hanging out because we're friends. And yeah. I still wasn't feeling super great. 
And as you can hear, I'm still not 100%, but honestly, like, the occasional cough you're hearing here is so much better than... Um, all of these are getting cut out. Girl, I do my job. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, fun fact about Galaxy's Edge. Development started in 2014, which is before The Force Awakens came out. Mm-hmm. So this has been in Disney's book for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um, what I've got here is a... So a handful of journalists were allowed to go get a look at for promos um, for Galaxy's Edge. Um, so I'm looking through one of those. I know cast members get a preview day coming up real quick. My sister snagged one. I'm very mad at her about it, but... I thought she wasn't even a cast member she's anymore. She's not a cast member anymore, but she still gets to go. What? And I'm bitter. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, I'm going. My friends were very sweet and got me days for my birthday. Um, but anyway, so there's a lot of cool food. Definitely going to have that blue milk. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cocktail called the Jedi Mind Trick, uh, which sounds really interesting. Yeah. I have no idea what's in it. There's some Andorian Tipiip and other like sour sarlic um, things, which are just going to be like chicken and punch. And, mm-hmm. But um, you can like already start previewing their menu on the website. Disney posted it this week. There will be vegan options, which was good to know. Mm-hmm. Some hummus, which I'm like, ooh, I'll have hummus in Star Wars land. Why not? Um, they talked about how it's a totally new planet, mm-hmm. which, like, that's not news. But specifically, they were like, you know Tatooine and Endor mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. cool stuff. We're going to give you something new to explore. Well, they also like the standard, right? Like, you have expectations of those places. They wanted you to do something that doesn't have expectations. Although there's still rumors that this planet's going to show up in the last film. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Um, But the cool thing about this planet is, so it's like on the Outer Rim, so it's a smuggler's planet. Mm -hmm. But the First Order has a presence there. But so does the Rebellion. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's smugglers. So there's going to be, like, cast members running around involved in this little LARP drama between the First Order and the Rebellion and you can get roped in too uh, which sounded really cool it's what the Imagineers call physical storytelling or narrative placemaking Um, and like talking about the sounds and the feeling and they talked about how like it's literally crafted so you're gonna walk down that tunnel in Thunder Mountain Mm -hmm. and like it will slowly come into view as you round the corner and how they designed it to do that. I'm like, oh, I love Imagineering so much. Yes. Uh, it's so cool. While they were in the development, they used VR goggles to mm-hmm. create that and to, like, make sure that they knew what they were doing. Oh, that's Which, fun. like, that's such a cool use of technology. Yeah. Um, did I talk about the lightsabers last time? No. Okay. So I think this is a rumor I was told that I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to tell, but it's now in here mm-hmm. so I can tell it. Um, which means it's not rumor, it's fact. Yeah. But they're going to have a lightsaber shop where it's a build-your-own-custom lightsaber, mm-hmm. which, like, they already have, but they're going to make it much more like a personalized show experience, more like the wand shop in Harry mm-hmm. Potter world, from what I hear, which sounds really fun, and I'm probably too old to be chosen to be a Jedi, but I did get chosen once to do the Harry Potter wand thing, so who knows? Maybe they'll choose me my kyber crystal. Whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a build your own droid depot as well, which will be kind of cool. Um, if anybody's a fan of Rebels with Ezra Bridger, have you ever watched those ones? Uh, there's a pirate guy named Hondo. They have an animatronic of him, which looks really cool. It's in the trailer. 
Um, he's running the Smuggler's Run ride, mm-hmm. which will be the only new ride in Galaxy's Edge because Rise of the Resistance is not open yet. It will open later this year. Um, and that's pretty much it. Logistic stuff, all of the preview dates are sold out starting June 24th. Mm-hmm. When you enter, you'll be assigned a time that you may enter the park. Wow. Once you're a guest. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And we talked about on Twitter, they have the new Flex Pass. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool, too. So, which might be an option for me yeah. um, later this year. I'm not going to buy a pass during peak season. No, don't. It's not worth it. I'm probably not even going to go. Even yeah. My friends well, go. the thing for me is going to be whether whether I can get a parking pass with it. Because it probably won't be able to. But... Yeah, parking is really expensive at the park. It is so much. Literally, the only reason I have the pass level I do is because of parking. Exactly. That's 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 what I that's what I used to do too. Like I'm like, what's the minimum I have to do to get free parking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I did. Um, it's super worth it. Yes, because what I would spend on parking is l- more than my monthly payments on my pass. Mm-hmm. That's how often I go. Yeah. And how often you would probably go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's really fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. There's a bunch of new Aladdin footage. Um, we'll talk about that in the future. I mean, probably. I kind of stopped watching it because the movie's so soon. And I don't want yeah. like, to just see the whole movie. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I'm hitting that point where I'm like, I've watched too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited. Yes. Um, so we've had our... We've had our mini-sode moment, I yeah. guess, because to make up for the mini-sodes that you have not had yet, dear listener. Hey, news expires, okay? <laughs> yeah. So, um, what are we doing for next... What's our next episode? It'll be a mini-sode. It'll be a mini-sode. Um, we probably will watch a short, because we won't have a whole lot of new news to talk about. Yeah. Um, nothing, like, comes out between now and then. And that's fine. It's just gonna... Yeah, it'll... Probably just be a lot more Aladdin trailers, yeah. which we may or may not watch. Yeah. But. And so uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to contact us, you can f- you can email us at drawnoutcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at drawnoutcast. You can find me personally at Brooke Amimi, Twitter and Instagram. I'm still HP Everyone Lives. Yep. And with that, this has been a Drawn Out Quote. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.